Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com code SUPER24. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. because we don't know what's going to happen between then and now. It's a mystery. You know, like there might be some breaking news. Hopefully not. I'm, I'm, I'm cool on the breaking <sighs> Me news. Me too. I'm, I'm like tapped out. Low I key. have like, no energy this, for Like the Nipsey thing has like taken all of the energy from me. I literally cried the other day alone in my, in my living room about it. It's too much. I was looking at a picture or like someone had posted something and I just, I broke down. I just started crying. I don't even know this man like that. And I was like, why am I so affected by this? You know I'm overly emotional. My cancer ass. I could cry at a stranger in the street, like with no with no pretense to knowing them at all. <laughs> what happened? So I try I try to like acknowledge it and take it in and then like let it like release it because I can I can hold on to shit for a long time. Um, which is something we should talk about. We should talk about how we handle it, handle our emotions, and if we deal with them. Because remember we talked about that in Mexico fourteen weeks ago. What? If we if we if we because like we're so strong and we're so rational if we deal with things if mm. we're actually dealing with them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's another topic. That I, yeah, <laughs> so many topics. Um, we have Bruna here today. A Hi. Special special guest. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I was like about to jump in so many times. I was like, <laughs> let me just <laughs> let me wait. Um, 
Bruna, the life coach, relationship expert. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, well, what, sure. What do you, how, how, what do you call it? What is your title? You know, everyone. I, need titles in this, in this life. And <laughs> I hate that because I'm like, I don't know. I'm a human being usually. <laughs> um, I usually just say author, speaker, and coach. Just because relationship expert is definitely a label I've been given. But I'm like... Is anyone actually a relationship expert, though? Right. That would so, make you like a people expert. Right. And also, I don't know that I am. I don't know. I don't want to like sell myself short because there are some people who would hear that and be like, Bruna, you've put in the work. You deserve to da, da, da. I was like, I get it. But like, I to me, and maybe it's just me, when I hear relationship expert or just expert in general, there's like some like elite feeling of that like oh I'm above you I know better than you and my whole brand is basically like I don't know better than you I just have tools and resources to help lead you wherever you need to go but I'm not going to sit here and be like oh you should be doing this this and that Mm. well I think that makes for a good uh a good expert Thank you. Well, then I'll, I'll take it. Yes, Bruna Nessa, relationship expert, and so many other things. I have a lot of questions for you. Remember <laughs> what you told me earlier this morning? Yeah, you're right. I told Jamila that do not let me talk anymore about my current relationship because I'm becoming that annoying bitch that I can't stand. That like is like has to update her friends on every moment and every. It's like updating news. Like, guess what? This is the text. <laughs> Guess what? He didn't respond. And, and Guess what? My response was, that's what we do. That's what chicks do. And it yeah. is annoying. But I mean, not, I'm not annoyed by it. I don't care. But I'm just saying, sometimes when, well, I, when no, I you're not annoyed it, by it, but you made me have to acknowledge it the other day because you were like, I'm so happy I'm not in a relationship. Because <laughs> oh. you, the amount of, like, you, when I'm watching you makes me not want to be in one. And I'm like, oh my God, she's right. Watching me is making me question why I'm even It just makes me know that one. it makes you crazy. <laughs> and I'm not calling you crazy. I'm just saying I can see how another person can make you crazy. Like everything they don't do, they do do. Questioning it, and I'm like, oh, no, no. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. even, like it, it. Will take up energy because that's what people do, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you want to ask her anything specific? No, about- no, not really. No, not right now. She's no, not, no. On, not on. Tape. I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say, bitch is lying. Not on the record. <laughs> <laughs> Off record, I have lots of things to say. Um. <clears throat> Are you sure? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I need to talk. I've, I've learned my lesson, and I need to talk to him first about certain things before I talk about things on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. his secret stalkers then report back to him what I've said. That was a very... That's fun. That was great. That, that was a, I think that was a rare occasion, like a one She's time. She's probably still... I mean, I don't know if it's a she, but I know it's a she. It's a she. She's probably still listening now. Hey, girl. Yeah. It's only <laughs> only a crazy bitch has time to do some shit like that because we got a whole lot of long ass episodes. If you got time, you got a whole lot of time, <laughs> and you low key like us because clearly if you listen to that long of us, yeah, just come hang, yeah, just, just hang out. It's she's fine. a pseudo fan. Um, do we have like a specific topic for today, or is it just? No, I mean, I want to know more about like how your journey, like why did what how, what led you into you know your path that you're on now, and I know that you, um, like you said, you wrote an article about your celibacy. You were celibate for what, the, over a thousand days or a thousand yeah. days. Like, was it on the dot forever? A no, 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 no. <laughs> Today's, day Today's the day I go get dick. So, <laughs> who is it gonna be? Um, 
Yeah. Ugh. And all that, like, what led, what led you to that? And because, you know, Jamila's on her own celibacy journey right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I need to be on one. <laughs> As I pick up, the weed. pick up the blunt. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, like, tell us a little bit about your career. And yeah. Um, so, where to begin? Where are you from? Born and raised. Uh, Southern Arcadia. California. Arcadia. Good old Arcadia. I love Arcadia. That's a nice little town. Um, you live in the valley now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So, I've been in Southern California my entire life. Which I'm kind of like sad about because I always see people who like leave and go live. Well, girl, it's so early in the game. Yeah, you can still do that. You ain't got no kids, like yet. But I'm trying to have children in the near future (laughs) with someone. Hello, who are you? Come (laughs) here. No, but um, we'll see. I mean, I definitely want to travel a lot, so we'll make it happen. I see myself traveling, but like for work. Mm -hmm. So I see myself doing either like a documentary, which is something I really want to do, or who knows? But, um, yeah, so SoCal native. And dating and relationships, for whatever reason, have just been something I've always been fascinated by. And I think it's because what you were just talking about, like, you can be who you are, and then someone else enters the picture, and all of a sudden you're like, who is this? Who am I? Like, who am I being right now? And so that was me, still is, to be honest. And so I'm always like, what the fuck happened? Like, what switch went off that made me act this way now? Or, you know, what's different than the moment before where I didn't care and now all of a sudden, like, I'm being quote-unquote crazy. So, <laughs> so um, love and relationships and just human behavior and psychology have always been an interest of mine. And I was always that friend that people would go to for advice. And I didn't know why because I – dated the worst people (laughs) I was like in the worst positions I was like okay cool whatever so over time I just kind of like took on that role and I initially majored in psych because I again love human behavior and all of that but I took one class in at PCC shout out to Pasadena and I was like I'm not doing this like there's no way the syllabus was like eight pages front and back with like the smallest font it just like super intimidated me which was new for me because I was I'm such a nerd like I loved school and so I was sitting there like uh I'm not doing this it was a neuropsych class so I dropped it was my first class that I ever dropped and then I shamed myself for it (laughs) but um after that I was like let me try journalism so I always like to write did journalism did uh wrote about you know whatever and on the school paper I I still wanted to do the dating and relationship stuff and I pitched a column and this was in I'm gonna age myself but who fucking cares this was in like 2007 maybe 2007 2008 I was like we should have a column called that's what she said and it's a dating relationship thing where students can write in anonymously and then we just answer anonymously like a dear Annie type of thing And then my professor was like, no. And I was like, why not? And he was like, you're going to embarrass the paper and you're going to embarrass yourself. Because what is a professor teacher? Right, like I, either being right. creative. Was it a woman or a man? It was a man. I feel like he already didn't like me because he was so – so there's like this journalism thing where print – or they say like print and broadcast people are like – 
don't get along right. or whatever. Right. Right. People think take their 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 like way more serious. Right, right, that. right. So him being like super print man, and he knew I was a broadcast major, but I also wrote for the paper. Some people were like, maybe he just like has it out for you. I was like, I don't know, but this is bullshit. So never ended up getting the column, but over time, I clearly started my own website. So I was just you know did the whole college thing, and then. I did entertainment journalism first. That was my first career. And while I was doing that, I was like, I'm bored. So started the problem with dating. And that is where the journey really began. So you started your own website, basically, that took yeah. over that idea that was supposed to be for the school paper, but he was an asshole and he hated on you, so you did it on, by yourself. Kind of. Well, I didn't really do... The problem with dating initially was just... It was almost like... Do you guys remember, like, Zanga? Or, like, live journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so it was kind of like that, but my own thing, where I was just writing about my experience. Because it was the first time I was single in, like, over 10 years. So I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. You, like, a relationship girl? Was it because I was. you were back-to-back relationships or you yeah. were oh, okay. oh, no, I was a cliff jumper for sure. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm single for the first time. I'm, you know, early 20s. I don't know what to do. Like, how do you maneuver through this? And so I would go out, I'd meet guys, I'd have really interesting situations happen. And when I would tell my friends stories, they're like, you should write about this. And I was like, who cares about my shit? And they're like, just do it. Were they like horries or were they just like bad relationship experiences? They were just like, what the fuck relationship experience? Like, I remember specifically the one story that really this all happened. I had gone to San Diego for a journalism convention but like we all went out and stuff. And so I was out at some club in San Diego and this guy came up to dance behind me. So you already know, like my girlfriends are facing him. I can't see him. So they're giving me the okay, like, oh, he's cute. Oh, he's not like turn, swerve, whatever you got to do to like get away. But they're like, hmm. So I was like, all right. That's the universal sign. <laughs> Everybody knows if you don't know this, get it together. If you go to the club and <laughs> you're dancing with someone, you start to move away and your friends are looking like, they don't like pull you away immediately. It's like, right. And they give you the look. like, And your friends, and if you have real friends, they'll, they, they know the cue is to like, Either pull you, pull you away right. or let you be. Right. Yeah. And if they let you be, it means he's fine. <laughs> right. If they pull you away, it means bitch, you start running. Yeah, but then sometimes right. your friend's definition of fine is not your definition of fine. And then you'd be like, bitch, Yes, boy. also. That's <laughs> why, like, when you're dancing, or at least I do, I'll do, like, a, like a little, yeah, like, yeah, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Eye contact. Just be like, let me see. And then I'm like, oh, no. And then yeah. just like, but no, for this one, he was cute. So I was just like, okay, okay. So we're like dancing. And then, oh, God. And then he tries to finger me. On the, on the dance floor? What? On the dance floor. How many songs in? This is, so- <laughs> this is like the same song. So red flag first. He was like, oh, do you want some of my drink? And I was he was oh, clearly no, no. drunk. You, you, so. wait, first of all, that's me. Like, sure. <laughs> you want to smoke this blend? Sure. Do you want to, You want this drink? You want to try it? No. I didn't after anybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, no, I'm good. And so we're dancing, and his hands are, like, on my thighs. So for visualization purposes, I'm wearing this green little mini skirt and, like, a um, just, like, a little black tank top. Cute. His hands are on my thighs. I'm like, Okay. That's fine. Then he starts moving up and then he starts going, trying to go in. And that's when I like swerved out and I was like, whoa. And he was like, whoop, there it is. <laughs> like literally? 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. not where it's at. That is the fucking most hilarious line I've ever heard. First of all, you weren't even close. Second of all, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what what in your mind? Granted, you were probably, like, so drunk you weren't thinking. This is like 2020. Wait, what year was this? Wait, wait, wait. Fuck. <laughs> it was like we can't take this story. <laughs> like the story's too much. Um, no, this was two thousand. Two ten. I think it was like two thousand ten. So then, so then, what happened? Whoop! There it is, you, man. You walked away. Oh yeah, I left, and then but I told a guy friend that story, and he died laughing, and was like, "You need to write about this." So I didn't. I did write about that specific story later but that's what kind of fueled the idea of like okay maybe i should do a website so i um created the problem with dating i wrote my first post which was about this guy i was talking to or at least i thought we were talking and then i saw him post a picture of him and another girl on his instagram and then went to her instagram and saw that she called her his boyfriend or called him her boyfriend so I was just like, hmm, what's going on? So that was my first post, which was like, welcome to the gray area, a place full of uncertainty and what the fucks or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Waited like two months before I, I published because I was terrified. Like I I already wrote for the masses because I wrote for a big entertainment company. And so I already knew like what it felt like to have thousands or sometimes millions of people read your work. So it wasn't that fear. It was... I was writing about other people. But when you write about yourself, your own shit, you're right. like, welcome you're, to our life. Right. Podcasting. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you're oh, afraid yeah. to be judged because it's, it's your shit. It's not right. you, you, you like interpreting someone else's experience. Right. It's not me delivering facts on someone else. It's me being like, so here's my intimate details or shit and that I... And here's my writing. Judge me on both. Right. And my <laughs> perspective. And my right. You know, because right. whoever else is on the other end of that for sure has a different perspective of how it went down. Of course. You know? Or just even like, even if they weren't a part of the situation, you're like, oh, wow, that's how you handle things. Like, you know, mm-hmm. all there's unlimited room for that. So then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. So I put it up. And then the next day I was like flooded with comments and views and all this. But it was all good. Right. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we love this. And I was like, oh, okay. So for a long time I did that and my job. Like that was my hobby. Yeah. And I had my stable, secure, paying job. But as the problem with dating started to get pickup, I was being asked more to like do interviews, be on panels, and my job would shut it down because they were just like... Is that as a conflict? It's not a conflict because I already, before I started, I talked to them. I was like, is that going to be an issue? And they were like, well, no, since you're not doing celebrity news, like it's a completely... But then it, later it became like, but you represent the company. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So over the course of, I want to say, five years maybe or so, I was juggling both. But it was clear that, like, I really loved the problem with dating in that world and I was more That's fueled and inspired. That's what was called? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, at some point I knew I had to make a decision because I knew also that if I clung to this like stability and security that felt really nice but wasn't inspiring me I was not going to get to where I could get as far as my potential so I was I quit that's a huge that's a huge lesson 
It's such a huge, huge lesson. I mean, actually, it's funny you say that because a girl, when I did that panel last week, um, one of the questions was, you know, I have a really great job where I can travel and, you know, you know, I'm getting paid, but I hate my job. And but and I, what I really want to do is I want to start a travel blog and I want to like, you know, that I want that to be my life. What do I do? Because I have stability, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I and I am traveling. Mm-hmm. Should I just keep it and try to like change my perspective on what I'm doing and basically play it safe or mm-hmm. and I told her I said you know what you only have lived once right do you want to look back on your life and I mean and I know that's scary because stability is important especially me as a parent like mm-hmm. it's super especially important for to Los me. Angeles living yeah right but at the same time I mean I'm not telling you to I told her I was like I'm not telling you to quit your job today say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Like you should plan, you should be responsible. Right, right, right. right. You know, but like, yeah, like. And she has the luxury of like, if you're already traveling, start building the blog and readership and eyes while you you travel. Right, Right. Mm -hmm. but um, but yeah, like you have to. It's it's scary, and for those like women listening, because I know so many people probably listening too are not happy in their jobs and I want to be, you know, doing something else and it's another type of career. Um, do it. You know, right? Like, but plan, but plan, yeah. right? I, it, it is funny that you said that today because yes, <laughs> this week I had a really bad idea <laughs> <laughs> to like do this like <laughs> like overnight job because I'm like I need more money, da, 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 and I was telling Erica and I thought it was a great job. That was a sign from God. Erica, she like, literally was like, I have a, I got a sign. It's so crazy. I was in the shower, <laughs> I was, and I told her, and she's like, absolutely not. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> really? She's like. Jamila. <laughs> She's like, who are you fucking kidding? And then I told two other friends and they like laughed at me absurdly. So I was still going to go. I was still going to like go to this like 45 minute. First of all, it's not that we don't support your decisions. No, and I you know. You do what the fuck you want to do. I just know that you're not going to go last. The fucked up part is after I thought it through thoroughly, mm-hmm. I was like, God, I'm so mad they know me better than <laughs> I know myself. <laughs> God, I'm mad. They're right. But I got up to go and I started driving over there and I was like, First of all, I started calculating the money, and I was like, this is not a lot of money. Ugh. And then I was like, it's funny how, like, in my mind, I had started justifying, like, okay, I can have a little extra money, I could do this. But in the, the, the reality is, I could make that same amount of money if I just put that same amount of effort on something that was, like, what I actually do. <laughs> and yeah. and I, I had to have a conversation with myself. It's like, it's easy to put... Your like your stability and, and your worries into something stable because it's stable and it's you know it's gonna be there every week and if mm-hmm. you, but then there's always that anxiety if you don't show up there's anxiety that you really are don't want to go I've had a lot of jobs and I've 
Yeah. That always happens. It always happens. Eventually, like, someone irritates you, someone's micromanaging you because they're miserable in their lives, they're dumb, and they try to tell you things you already know, and then you get annoyed, and then you're like, why am I even here? And you've become immune to, like, getting that little piece of change once a week that's really not that much, Mm -hmm. and then you don't put that same effort into what you could be doing. You also just don't take into consideration how much it really affects you on like an energetic level and just like depletes you. in general yeah because you keep convincing yourself like no but this is what I how mean. it is but this is how it is you know like of course everyone hates their job right. so it's fine it's like no 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 there are people who love their job and there are people who if they do hate their job choose to do what they love like you don't have to buy into this whole narrative of oh you go to school you graduate you, you get, get a married. job yeah. And then you're miserable because that's adulthood. And until it's like, Saturday, in which case, until Friday at 5. And then right. when you're happy or drunk those, until yeah, Monday those at 8 a.m. two and a half days, you're, <laughs> you're just living your best, best life. fulfilled life. Right. That's I just, refuse to believe that bullshit It takes artificial. a whole day to unfucking pack. I mean, it takes more than a whole day. It takes a few days for you to unpack all the shit you dealt with all week. So mm-hmm. by the time you get back to Monday, it's like, it doesn't even matter. Right, right, it's right. It's an energy fucking drainer. Yeah. yeah. So... It's so scary. you did that. You you decided to. But I did that thing. To, to to go and yeah, and it wasn't an overnight thing. Like that's the planning is crucial because it's especially right now. I feel like we're in um, a time where it's more acceptable to kind of like stray from the norm, not do the whole corporate thing, do the whole you know venture out on your own, freelance life, whatever. But first of all, if you love your nine to five, like more power to you Keep that shit. it's not about like no stick it to the man type of thing it's just like if you love it cool if you don't start looking at other options and luckily for me like i'm so grateful for my mom because she taught me how to be smart with my money from a young age because i think it was also that just like immigrant mentality like survival and stuff Where is your mom from? lebanon oh okay i was born there my mom's from there my dad's from there yeah okay. i really want to take a um like financial education for women like do you not, know? not like Susie Orman because then she like go to jail but like <laughs> but so maybe I, not her I feel like um if that is like my relationship with money period I mean like my like the even on an energetic level like what is my parents relationship with money what is their parents relationship with money affects Girl, a lot of like I just m- wrote about this yeah like I feel like it affects a lot of like my procrastination my like my di- my lack of discipline my lack of like planning financially because it was not it was there was never a conversation about yeah, it yeah 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 no that's that's huge first of all no one talks about it and that's something I didn't really come to terms with until this year because when I went to like train to be a coach, you get coached. And I realized quickly I had a lot of limiting limiting beliefs around money because I grew up, which is no fault to my parents, but like they were survival first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So that mentality led to me feeling like I was in a place of lack, like I'm coming from scarcity, not abundance. And so mm-hmm. any money I had, I'm clinging to it and like, ah, I don't want to spend it because I may never see, you know. But that's not how you let it flow and come Exactly. Back. Yeah. And so I really, and I'm still working on that because it's just like, that's fucked up, you know, to have that ingrained in you when you don't need to. And you don't, you don't even, you're not even making the conscious decision. Right, right, right. That's just what it is. And, and the fact, I, I never even thought about it as a factor 
until my adulthood, like deep and like recently that mm-hmm. do I have a certain perspective of finances because of other things that I'm not aware of, you know? Yeah. And someone once told me spiritually, I'm not going to have to shoot, you know, like I, I'm crazy, um, that your relationship, like your relationship with money is directly correlated with like your father or something mm-hmm. like that. Like something like your father or. Well, if that's the case, I should be real, 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 real cheap. <laughs> there's a reason my dad's been retired for 400 years and it's still okay <laughs> but i don't know how true that is i've actually heard the opposite that it's the your same as your mother energy or something either way it's like i mean the spiritual stuff we could talk about for weeks but at the end of the day it's like okay i need to i needed to reframe the way i looked at money you know money is the root of all evil like money i don't care about the money i do care about the, i got to live you know and so it was stopping the whole framework of thinking like oh it's me versus money and being like oh no me and money are homies like mm-hmm. it flows easily into my life and also with the whole job thing like you were talking about a little bit ago when you do work at a corporation and you start seeing the work you put in, you will also realize the amount of money I could make on my own doing this. Like I secured rollout plans and shit <coughs> that was then sold to Amazon for who knows how much money. You yeah, think I saw fun. any of that? No. So then I was like, all right, if I can do this for multi-billion dollar corporations, I can do this shit for myself. So it's just a matter of switching gears but also that self-discipline and knowing your value right look how valuable you were to that company right but you know then when you start to see yourself and your own time is that with that you know the same value and regard and putting a money sign on it then you start to realize like yeah they need me and we always sell ourselves short we're like oh no i need that big name or that those resources or whatever no because you are the one that's executing the work at the end of the day and delivering the product so I don't even know how we got here, but <laughs> yeah, so I quit and then I decided to make the problem with dating my purpose. Well, it, it would already was my purpose, but like really focusing on that. And so that led to freelance writing. So now I am a dating columnist for Playboy. I write for them um, often. I was like, what's English? I like blanked. <laughs> And then um, doing my book, like my book came out of the problem with dating because everyone was reading all these different stories and they're like, when are you going to do a book? And I was like, I don't know about all that. But it came. It came to me through a lot of, that was also like a spiritual journey, but let that shit go was a big move. And I knew too, I lagged. It took me three years to do it. And I knew it was because whenever I would work on the book, which changed throughout the course of time so many times. I kept hearing, once you put this book out, everything's going to happen. And I was like, I was terrified. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. Because it's also like when you're in the, quote, public eye and you open yourself up to all that judgment that we talked about, you can sit here and be like, no, I'm not going to listen to that. But with Twitter and like just seeing that shit, it weighs on you. Uh No matter, even though you know, like, yeah, know how it's affecting you. Right. And you're just like, I know you ain't shit. But mm-hmm. I still have to see these words and like then you start wondering and questioning and whatever. So I had to build my self-confidence and like also learn how to kind of detach myself from all that so I can be able to serve the people that I actually do serve and not let those who just want to like 
dampen the mood have so much control over what I do. So. So yeah. in your book, you talk about how so to many things. Let that shit go. Kind of. And I it's always. A, it's a journey to forgiveness. Yeah, it's a journey to <laughs> forgiveness, healing, and understanding love. So. I've always, with everything I write and do, I use myself as the example. So it's never like 10 ways to make sure he texts you back. Like, mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. You think if I knew I'd be in the situations I'm in? <laughs> but. <laughs> right. right. I don't fucking, yeah, right. I don't have the answers. Right. Uh, so <laughs> what I've learned is I can look at the experiences I've had personally <coughs> and then use it as a way to kind of like bring the lesson to the forefront. So Let That Shit Go is a compilation of different relationships I've had with various men in my life. And through that, I illustrate the lessons I've learned about myself, the lessons I've learned about love, about forgiveness, about healing, and you know the different um, traumas and things that I didn't even realize I had dealt with until I put it on paper and kind of like took that outside of myself to really be able to observe it instead of like be in it. And I was like, oh, shit. So it was like a heavy experience to do, but it was so rewarding and and a really like dope way to kind of close that chapter of my life and kind of open myself up to whatever's going to come next. Do you think because like are you have you ever had have you ever um, been in therapy? No. I just So you've never been in therapy because I'm curious because <clears throat> Some people feel like therapy is the only way, that, not only way, but you, is the best way to get through things. Do you think that, do you, would you consider yourself like a therapist or like? No, just because I haven't. Do you agree with that? Do you, maybe my question more is, do you think that as humans, we are totally capable of like self-reflection and self-healing, even Absolutely. when it's given to us? Absolutely. You know I mean? Well, <clears throat> yes, but. I'm a big promoter of therapy. Honestly, the only reason I haven't gone to therapy and I've looked into it so many times is because I don't have health insurance. Like, I don't have, I can't afford it. You know, right. Yeah. So I was just like um, trying to do self-therapy, basically. And so it was reading a lot of different books. It was watching a lot of different documentaries, doing a lot of writing and journaling and practices that I knew would help me. But um At the end of the day, and this is something we talk about in coaching too, which life coaching and therapy are often kind of like confused or people feel like they're the same thing and they're not because coaching is, you know, we don't diagnose you. We don't have that, um, the medical background or we don't talk about your past. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if I was coaching you, for example, and I noticed that you continuously brought up certain scenarios from your childhood over and over and over again because obviously you might touch on your childhood here and there but Mm -hmm. if it was clear that there was something unhealed there then I would be like you know maybe therapy would be better for you to deal with that specific thing and we can either do it at the same time or after you go to therapy for that you can come back and do coaching because coaching focuses on where you're at right now and where you're trying to go and how we get you there so so you have to kind of be in the in the whoever is like going to be coached kind of needs to be detached from their past no you don't have to be detached but it's like i've already dealt with it no you just need to be you need to know like what your focus is like what is it that you want out of this so if it's like for me my coaching i focus on women who want to strengthen their self-love 
Now that alone, of course, you're going to like go into your past. But if you want to sit there for a long time and really dissect your past, then I can't, I can, but it's not beneficial for me because I'm not a licensed therapist to do that with you. So that's when I have to take like my moral and ethic road to be like, okay, I've noticed there's a situation with your father that keeps coming up and maybe that would be more beneficial to talk to a therapist about. Mm. But what I can do is help you, you know, figure out what's going on with you today, right now, that's not helping with your self-love journey and then how we can improve that for the future and things that we can implement now. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of make no, sense? No, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Because yeah. <clears throat> I often wonder, like, what, like, I do, I wonder what's the difference between, like, a therapist, when is it just someone is more clinical, you know, like, which mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily, because sometimes I feel like therapists can be, like, can be too detached, whereas I feel like a life coach maybe is more uh, involved in your life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because sometimes therapists don't always ask all the questions that, because, I mean, I guess it's a, I guess at the end of the day, the goal is for you to come to an understanding or forgiveness on your own, you know, mm-hmm. and not influenced by mm-hmm. my opinion as your therapist or life coach. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you do that from like detach yourself in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really <clears throat> tough because. Like how, like how, yeah. Because if you're working with people that you start to really care, like how mm-hmm. do you do that? You know? Girl. <laughs> Are you talking about being emotional? I'm so emotional. Like <laughs> I cry over commercials. Like it's so. And so during the coach training, like I learned so many things about that detachment, which the word alone makes it feel cold, you know, but it's not. It's just, it's protection, you know? And so even with emotions, the first day I asked, what if I start crying with them? You know, like if I'm with a client and they start getting, you know, emotional and start crying, I'm a cry. Like I don't... I don't know how to not. You you would be a mess. Me too. I would cry too. I cry. I would cry. But even like, I'd be like, just come live with me. <laughs> right. Here, I have it's an extra fine. room. Just come. Come. I have a bed. It's wow. fine. It was crazy to learn the subconscious messages you're giving when you do that. So, even something as simple as putting your hand, like on their hand or on their knee, or even giving them a tissue, we're not supposed to do that. Like, all you have to do, if we were having a coaching session right now, I would already have, like, a Kleenex box here in case. And I was like, that seems so harsh. Like, you know they're in pain. Why wouldn't you give them a tissue? And then she was like, because what we don't realize is when we give someone a tissue and they're crying, you're subconsciously telling them you're making a mess, clean it up. And you want them to feel okay with whatever they're going through and crying. And if they want to wipe their tears or blow their nose or whatever, then they can make the initiative to do that. But you don't, you're not the one to tell them, like, clean up whatever's going on here, even though we don't intentionally think that's what we're doing. think about it that way. Absolutely but not. Now that you're saying it that way, I'm like, yeah, it is true. Like, just let yeah. them go through their process. process. Yeah. And that's the whole, that's literally the whole thing in a nutshell is this is your journey. I'm meeting you wherever you are and you're directing us because it you do have all the answers. Coaches and therapy and all that, we're just trained to see things that you may not see and to highlight things that you may not notice and to give you the tools and resources to help yourself. But at the end of the day, you are the captain of this ship. I'm the captain now. Like, it's very much that. Mm. So we're just kind of like your sidekick cheerleader (laughs) person. But yeah. And then even with the crying with them, she was like, the goal at the end of the day is to help your client. 
And if you cry, you get into the story with them. So for me, if I'm ever in that mode where I'm like, oh shit, like, because I can tell when someone's about to cry and I, and then I feel it in my throat and I'm like, oh, your throat starts to close up. Right. (laughs) I'm like, okay, Bruna, you're here to help her. If you cry, you're in it with her. You need to stay back here so that you can help her and be of service to her. And so you just got to like shut it down. Hmm. Not easy. Because I just want to be like, oh my God, come here, hold me. You've never cried, you've never shut a tear. Oh, I have. No, you no, like no. Hug them. You're like behind them. Like, right. Like no. quickly rubbing the tears. Yeah, you see, you good. There was actually um, <laughs> there was one girl. We were doing a, a short little coaching practice, and it was one of those things. You have to. There's a lot of intuition that goes into this. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of hearing what's not being said. A lot of noticing things that you know they don't even realize they're giving off, and so. I'm highly intuitive and I'm sitting there and we're talking and I could tell, I don't know what it was that gave it away. There was something she just needed to release. So I stopped everything and I was just like, how are you feeling right now? And boom, she just started crying and I was like, oh shit. Like I didn't even expect her to get emotional like that, mm-hmm. but I quickly had to shut it down. And then afterwards I bawled my eyes out because mm-hmm. I was just like, it was so much going. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like, there was the empathy for her, but then it was also like, you did that. You know, it was one of those things like, such a simple question. And we often like overthink things like, we have to be able to like give you the answers and change your life. And it's like, no, you do that. But even just taking the time to be like, how are you feeling right now? can make someone like no one really asks and listens mm-hmm. they just ask because they feel like it's an obligation and then let me tell you about my day you know right that was a beautiful thing that's amazing i mean it's like scary and but and amazing at once that you get to you know join yeah. them i guess you're on facilitate that for them somehow. facilitate that yeah. journey with facilitate them it. be on the sidelines like this <laughs> my child go <laughs> so 
What about your celibacy journey? Like, what inspired that? Oh, yeah. So I don't call it celibacy because I definitely masturbated. And Uh technically, like, celibacy, you don't touch yourself. You don't – well, depending on how you want to define it. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, I was just abstaining. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was dating – well, I don't even know. It was a situationship. I was, like, talking to this guy, and we clicked right away. And it was, like, clear that there was a connection there. But – when we hooked up, it was like, I don't know. It brought up all these different feelings of realizing that I was using sex in a way that wasn't healthy for me. Like, I was just kind of like, oh, so I sleep with guys in hopes that they want to be with me after. Or I sleep with guys because I feel like that's just what I'm supposed to do. Like. And sex is, you know, liberating and it's a sacred thing in my mind in the sense of not that, oh, you should only do it with this person at this time, whatever. But it's an energy exchange. Like it's it's something. And I was just giving it away to people in a sense of like, I'm giving this to you in hopes that you find value in me after. Right. And so I was just like, that's not healthy. That's really, that's so true. Right. That line right there. Right. <laughs> so true. I think so yeah. many... We we're all guilty of it. You yeah, know what I mean, in some and range, it makes sense. on some yeah. spectrum, whether it's kind of or it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when that switch happened, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is not good." <laughs> <laughs> um, I was at first. It started just like with him. I was like, "I don't think we should have sex." He was like, "I understand." We built a friendship, a very solid friendship. But even after him, I was like. This goes deeper than you. Like, I maybe I need to just take sex off the table. So I didn't have, like, a timetable. I wasn't like, oh, uh, the thousandth day I'm going to go have sex. It was just kind of like until I meet someone who makes me feel safe and who I feel I can be intimate with without any ulterior motives or, like, hidden agendas, I'm not going to do it. So that went on for a year. And I, it was just like one of those happened, like I was looking at the calendar. I was like, oh, shit, it's been a year since I've had sex. And so I decided to write about it. And then I pitched it to Cosmo and Cosmo published the personal essay. And then it blew the fuck up. Like I wasn't expecting that at all. But I was, oh, my God, my phone was like on fire. But it was great stuff. Like so many people were like, I do this, too. Or I've been needing to do this. Thank you for talking about it, all this stuff. And I was like, damn, that's dope. Like what? When you realize one decision has such a bigger purpose in what you can see, and mm-hmm. it kept going. Like, after that, I still wasn't having sex. So I was, like, you know, making friends with my toys, making friends with myself, you know, like giving myself that type of self-love. <clears throat> and then when I started writing the book, I realized that I had gone through sexual trauma that I'd kind of repressed or like just didn't even acknowledge. So then it was like, oh, I've been raped or oh, I've been sexual sexually harassed a lot in my life and that's also played a role into the sense of the whole, oh, I do it so you see value in me. It was very like subconsciously thinking, okay, well, I owe this to you. Or this is what my body is for to you. Or, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Which I was like, bitch, no. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Right. So it took a lot of, like, 
time clearly and just kind of figuring out redefining what sex means for me getting back in touch with my body building that confidence and and also processing the trauma that I didn't deal with for so long because I didn't even know it existed so once you kind of realize like oh I've gone through this all of a sudden the floodgates open you're like fuck now I gotta like process this and see how it's played out in my life but once you know you get to the other side it's just such a better experience and so I went you know nearly three years and then I decided to have sex with a guy that is one a really good friend of mine we were talking but it was kind of like we don't know if this is going to be a relationship or not but I trust you and that at the end of the day that's that was it for me. I was like, I trust you with every fiber of my being. I know you would treat my body with respect. So by choosing to do this with you, I'm treating myself with respect too. And so we had sex. It was bomb. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank God. But, thank God. but the pressure is real. Like we were talking about this earlier before we started the show. Like I realized the longer I went, the more pressure I was like, fuck, who's it going to be? And people kept asking me too, like, are you still not having sex? Who's it going to be? So Who are you? Right. I know. Me, I'm still like, I'm checking with Jamil. I'm just like, so yeah, I still. So. <laughs> How long has it been? Um, Like almost four months. Okay. This is still a very difficult stage. Because it's like, <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> I agree. Yes, it is. Yeah, well, because you still remember what sex feels like. At some point, oh, you'll stop. forget. <laughs> At no. some point, you're like, wait, how do I do this? No. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I don't think that's possible for Jamila. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. No, but once I, once I did it, it almost felt so freeing in the sense of like, now that that's been handled, I feel okay now to just kind of if I want to have sex with a guy I'll do it and I'll do it because I want to right you know not because I want you to like me or I feel like oh well you bought me dinner and drinks and did this so now I gotta <laughs> sleep with you <laughs> for real though uh, now sleeping over right, right. Uh, uh, like, uh, so many 19 20 paid for appetizers, dinner, <laughs> and dessert, and a cocktail, I guess I can I've been do a few no things. for 30 minutes, and he just won't let up, so. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, now I'm just out here. Like, oh, how do I feel? But it's funny, because people assume that once you have sex, you're just, like, fucking all the time. Yeah, and I'm no, like, no, if anything, the whole point is now that you have had, now that you have it's had sex. It's an intentional, you know, conscious decision. Do you still feel like you're li- living that life? Like, do you feel like you're still living consciously sexually? It's, it's something you probably still have to work at sustaining. It's not like, right. it's easy to go back to your habits. Absolutely. You know and there's mean? definitely fear of that, too. Because you've lived so long doing that. Right. right. You know? It's almost like second nature. I feel you like I'm much more it. intentional and conscious. It's... Quite honestly, there just haven't been any men in my life that I'm like, ooh, I need to get that. You know, it's just very, like, lukewarm. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't need to make that a thing. When was the last time you had sex? It was November, so, like, a bit. Okay. But things can change (laughs) very quickly. (laughs) I was watching my reading um, for April, and it was – I follow – the Quietest Revolution on YouTube. Shout out to Amber. She's amazing. So she does tarot readings for every sign every month. Oh, what's it called? 
The Quietest Revolution. Yeah, so I watched mine yesterday for Capricorn, and she was like, oh, your sex life is going to pick up. I was like, you're damn right. (laughs) Because I'm ready, and I'm just, like, in a place now where I definitely want to find my partner. I've been single for, like, eight years. So I'm ready for, like, that partnership. But I'm also in a place now where whatever comes to me, whatever's happening, I embrace it. I'll do what I want to do with it and not think too much about, like, well, what does this mean? What's it going to, what's it, what is it going to, right. Just fucking live, live your life. It's taken a long time to realize that. Right. Deep sighs, deep sighs. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter how old you are. You're like, I I sometimes find myself acting like a a little teenager. What is time really? You know, like what is age? You act how you act. Just live it and let it be. Right. I just hate how we make men the center of our being. Right, right. Like, it can ruin our whole day. You know what I mean? If work is bad, we, like, it might not ruin our whole day. But if a relationship is bad, day is ruined. And that's just like, it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like it's so unfair to, to who we are as women. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's programming, too. It's, it's programmed because yeah. we are so powerful. Mm-hmm. That's the way we've been pro. Like, that's our that's our weak spot. And it's a big one. Love. <laughs> you know? But it doesn't have to be no, weak. No, it doesn't. Well, no, love is not weak. I just mean that, like, the programming we have around love is mm-hmm. weak. You know? Well, and that's... not empowered. It's not, it's not empowered. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It just feels like... Like, that's part of it, though. Well, we've been fed this idea that possessive love is what you want, or like if a guy isn't possessive. I feel like submission. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I feel like relationships to whatever capacity are how you learn about yourself. So the problem with dating was born not because of just like, oh, listen to my dating stories, but because that fascination of relationships and whatever, I realized. We switch because we become triggered and then we show parts of ourselves that we didn't have to, they didn't come up because no one was in the picture, you know? Mm. So really it's the problem with me, you know, like what am I not facing about myself? And so when it comes to those relationships and someone comes into your life and then all of a sudden these things start popping up, they're unhealed things that you didn't have to face or deal with because you were chilling by yourself. And now someone came in to trigger it and that's when the healing begins. So it's like, that's why I feel like love is so elusive and powerful, but also people can be like, fuck love, I hate it. It's because it comes in a form that sometimes you're not familiar with and then it forces you to see things that you're not ready to see about yourself mm-hmm. because that then once you realize it and you acknowledge it, you can't just go back and be like, mm. I mean, some people do. That's just the way I am. And Most it's like, people do, no. I feel like. Right. Oh my, actually. But, yeah. But that makes so much sense. It right. makes complete sense. If you're not in a space where you have to deal with another, like a part of you dealing with someone else, then how do you deal with it until it comes up? That's right. True. Oh my God, yeah. it makes me think of so many things. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is a teacher and a mirror. It's right. cool. I mean, I always say that children are mirrors, you know, mm. but so are, so are, you know, just life in general. Children are the answer, honestly. Like, children and really old people, they get it. But somewhere in the middle, we just lose sight of everything. <laughs> so it's always like when you're young and you haven't been programmed yet or you haven't really bought into the whole facade of all this, 
And then when you're old and you realize, damn, I spent a lot of time worrying about shit that doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So let us just try to get to that before right. that, you know? For sure. Shit. <laughs> I'm like over here, like thinking deep. I'm like, right. <laughs> what have I not dealt with? I'm like, for real. Yeah. That's true. Hmm, that's true. <laughs> Do we need to meditate and center ourselves <laughs> after that? <sighs> I'm like, who's that? Take three deep breaths. I went to my first <laughs> kundalini class yesterday. What's that? Kundalini yoga, is... Like breathing. Uh, mm-hmm. It was... It's just a whole breathing exercise. Well, you incorporate different breathing exercises with, like, some very basic moves. But I was like, you... It gives you, like, a little high. Yeah, because yeah, the air and, like, the way yeah. you're breathing in your in the oxygen into your brain. Like, yeah. Accesses different parts of your brain. So when you're doing those different moves, like... It triggers things too. I, right. I, I used to do it a lot, but then I got then I was then I got into like workout yoga. Like I needed more like something. A little yeah, yeah, more yeah. Like hardcore, hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to find the balance and like all that stuff. <laughs> that you, face you just made it. Me. <laughs> did you feel lighter after the Kundalini? Uh... I did. Yeah, we were like dancing around the room, doing all these crazy moves with your freaking like really aggressive breathing. And then I just—I <laughs> can just imagine. Right. <laughs> yeah. That literally. The whole room doing it. <laughs> it's very like That's tribal great. in a way. It's also the sound is also meditative as well. Right. You know, a room full of people. I was about it though. I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I loved it. it. Yeah, I just started doing that and belly dancing and boxing because I was like, I need to, I'm so work focused. I needed to like do things that kind of got me out of my bubble. And so I felt like that was a good balance of like, belly yes. Dancing, boxing. <laughs> what was the other one? The Kundalini Yoga. Really heavy breathing. I want like to do belly dancing. Oh my, my gosh, I love is it. it. Yeah, is it, it's good. Such a good. Is it a good ab workout? It's a good. hips? abs arms i didn't realize arms. like when i'm moving my hips i lose all focus of arms so i'm like <laughs> i don't know and then you're like oh i gotta hold it up here the whole time and like do things and then you're just like chilling i'm like ah i can't do both <laughs> but My brain don't work like that <laughs> hips hips arms, arms. right right can't but yeah it's a great workout and i mean obviously it's my culture, and so I really wanted to get back in touch with that, and so I love it. Man, when I went to Dubai, we, went to, we saw a belly dancing show, and it was so amazing. Mm-hmm. She was doing, like, the way she can move her body, and she was balancing, like, swords on her hips and shit. Was, oh, shit. And doing, like, all these amazing dances. Wow. You know why, too? I feel belly dancing and also, like, pole dancing are the epitome of what it's like to be a woman because there's a lot of strength that goes into it, but there's also a lot of grace. And that's, I think, where we meet is we find the balance between the two at all times. And so every time you watch it, it's almost like womanhood illustrated, like in a nice artistic way. Yeah. No, I think stripping is so beautiful. I love stripping. I watch, I, love I could it. watch forever, but then I want to be like, so how, how did you do that? Like, Pole dancing and stripping, because, I mean, you know, 
there's no difference except when you take your clothes off. If you're, right. a, if you're an artist, if you're but if you're an artist, like, yeah. Like I've seen pole dancing. I'm like, oh my god. That's something I would like to get well versed in pole dancing. I think it should be right. in the Olympics. <laughs> it's very difficult. I took one class in Vegas, and I was like all bruised up after. I think it like be in the Olympics, if it can be, if weird ass sports that no one plays can be <laughs> in the Olympics, like what's that one where they like? Oh, nice. like, is what that, is this? What, what is everyone doing? Why? I, who proved this? Who made this? And who did you take it out? Yeah, I love that that's the stated. one I was thinking of, and that's the one you said. Because I was like, what the fuck is that called? Everyone knows it because when it's on, we're like, why is this a thing? What? The sound too on the table was so what funny. This is what you entered for? I would be embarrassed. Like, oh, well, you know. Like, we're gonna get I'm in the Olympics. <laughs> Ice chipping. Right. <laughs> I don't or the I'm one gonna... where they, like, do the cross country, and then they have to, like, stop and, like, shoot at something, and then they, like, keep running, and then they have to stop and do... I was like, what? At least that's more athletic, yeah. but I don't understand the other one. <laughs> I don't understand. It's like shuffleboard for Ugh. fanatics. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> Oh. oh man. Um, I have one more question. Yes. I know you wrote for Playboy. Mm-hmm. Did you pose too? I did pose. How was that? I posed. Um, it was great. I posed for the winter issue of this year. And it was um, a spread called A New Wave. And it was their female writers. We all posed together. And it was basically talking about you know, freedom of expression as a woman. And also like my narrative that I really wanted to get out there is the breaking down the idea that a woman has to choose between being sexy or smart. Cause that's something that really annoys me. Mm-hmm. So when I got the call, which funny enough, and I mentioned it on my, my little IGTV show morning brew, mm-hmm. um, I had a premonition about it like a month before. So when I got the call, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because in my mind, I was like, oh, it'd be so dope to pose for Playboy. And like they'd get all their female writers and we'd get together. And then I was like, why the fuck would they do that? You know? Mm -hmm. And then I got the call and I was like, oh, shit. So this is the thing thing now. Mm -hmm. So we spent the whole day together posing um, completely nude. But like photographer was a woman creative director is a woman art director is a woman like the only men that were there were like lighting and the videographers and i only say that to say that the feminine energy in that room that day was so powerful and inspiring and it was just a great experience and judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then after the shoot, you realize, oh, fuck, I just posed naked. You know? <laughs> that was so good. Oh, wait. oh, shit, it's going to be published. Right. It's like <laughs> that delayed board. reaction. And so I was like, Oh my god. Like I felt great. I'm proud of my body. I'm proud of the message that comes with it about like, you know, we're multifaceted individuals. Women can be so many things at once and one doesn't, you know, take away from the other. But I'm also like 
they're gonna be strangers looking at my tits and like all kinds of things and also my parents i didn't tell anyone about the shoot until after <laughs> my mom texted me while i was there actually and she's like hi what are you doing <laughs> oh, I'll let you know. And i was like oh. from the camera. i was like i'm actually shooting for playboy Oh, you told her that we were there? She sent me a GIF that was, like, shocked. And I was like, gotta go. But my mom's like, I get this side of myself from her. Mm. So, like, she was a model and actress in Lebanon, and she was always very, like, open. And, like, she had that big dick energy forever. (laughs) So she was more so, you know, as a parent, being like, okay, so what kind of shots did you do? Like, how do you feel? And then at the end of it, she was just like, you know what? I'm sure they're beautiful, and if you feel good about it, I'm here to support you, and I think this is an amazing thing that you're doing. Well, what a gift. That right. Is, like, such a gift. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Cancer, get it together. <laughs> oh, um, look at her. Oh, my God. Look at her. She's, oh, my God. She's going to cry, you guys. <laughs> well, we can talk about my dad's reaction yeah. if that helps you, like, mm-hmm. not get him. He was not a fan. <laughs> but it's like you would expect that from a father, right? So my dad <laughs> – Actually, it's so funny. It's the opposite for me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. My dad. Well, my dad and I, and there's a chapter about my dad in the book, too. We've had a very tumultuous relationship. So it kind of sucks because right when I think we're getting to better ground, something will, like, blow it up. In this case, me letting him know I posed naked for a magazine. So it was one of those things where, like, I so did not want to tell him. But and he lives in Lebanon, so I was like, I mean, maybe I don't have to tell him, you know. But but my cousins follow me on Instagram. Like once they saw the post, I'm the first because they did that with my Cosmo article. I'm like, did you know Bernard? And he was like, hmm. So I was like, let it come from me, and let me just rip the bandaid off. (laughs) And so I told him, I was like, Dad, there's something I need to tell you, but I'm really scared to tell you. He was like, you already opened it up. (laughs) Right. I was like. Let me just get his, like, so he knows. And he was like, tell me. <laughs> and I was like, um, so I posed with five other female journalists for Playboy. And then he was like, um, what did he say? He's like, what did your mom think? And I was like, uh, she was supportive. He's like, so you were na-, like, and then. You could tell that the progression of, like, the thoughts in his mind yeah, were leading the conversation. Yeah. Because at first he was like, it's your body. Like, you do what you want. Like, he obviously wasn't a fan, but he was kind of like, because he was like, you already did it. It's not like you're asking for my permission. I was like, well, because it's my decision. Mm-hmm. And so there was a bit of that. And then, I don't know, he got a second wind of anger or something. And he was like, I just don't know why you are like you're a capable and smart person i don't know why you feel you need to do this and i was like that statement is exactly why i did this because the second a woman flaunts her body or appreciates her body or shows her body off in a way that's not considered quote modest she's automatically thrown into this bucket of oh well that's all she has and that's all she has going for her and everything else doesn't matter that's not that's not real right so it was like, let me fuck up your mind real fast so that you can see a woman <clears throat> proudly being sexy and sensual and then realize, oh, she's also intelligent and caring and understanding and just smart and everything and being like, oh, so all the limitations are on me. Right. You did that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to succumb to that just because you feel like a woman has to choose. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about that. For real. 
Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, um, do you think your parents saw your, your Playboy spread? Did your mom? My mom, absolutely. She, <laughs> she went with me to buy, like, a bunch of copies. Oh, that's and amazing. then she was like, Bruna, come here, let's take a picture. <laughs> and then we, like, posed with the magazine just to... <laughs> But she was like, yeah, it looks great. My dad, I don't, I hope he didn't see it. I don't think, I don't even know how he would unless he bought it online, like a digital copy. But it was interesting, like after I finally announced it, because we did the shoot in October and we didn't announce it until March. And so then I got all these messages and like definitely got some gross ass DMs that I was just like, "Mm, (laughs) no, they're like, I want to fuck you. And I'm like, I bet you do. That's not going to happen, though. Or, like, someone's like, I really want to be a, a porn director. Please help me. And I'm like, <laughs> porn director? How can I help you? Right. Like, because I showed my body, you're assuming I'm in the sex industry now and I'm a porn star. And so you want me to help you. I'm not going to, even if I was. So um, then I would get messages from guys who were, like, acquaintances. And they'd be like, yeah, so my friend had your magazine, like, in his bathroom. So we were, like, all noticing the pictures and looking at the spread. And it's, like, well, duh, they're going, like, you did it in a magazine. People are going to, like, look at it. But it's, it was still kind of weird to be, like, okay, so now all I see in my mind is a group of strangers <laughs> just, like, huddled around <laughs> this magazine. Various places. Right, right, right. I mean, the shots were pretty tasteful. Like, all you really see is one of my boobs and my butt. Which I'm like, you're welcome. They're great. So <laughs> so it's fine. And that's the thing I always think about, too. Like, regardless of whatever judgment I may get or the fear that I had when I had to make the decision, it will pass. And there will come a day when I can look back and be like, I fucking posed for Playboy. Mm-hmm. And look at my titties before they sag. Like, look at how good I looked. <laughs> So I was just like, I'm not about to let people and their, like, limited beliefs on who I'm supposed to be affect what I do with my life. I feel like it's, like, on most women's, like, bucket list. Like, try and get in Playboy, you know? Because it's empowering. <laughs> it's empowering. <laughs> For me, it was early. Like, that would be nice, you know? Like, that would be cool. I mean. Duh. It could happen. It's a very classy magazine if you're going to do it. Top notch. It's one of the better ones, yes. My dad was a playgirl. <laughs> was he? <laughs> who watches? Who who actually bought Playgirl though? Like, well, I mean, who knows? You think women really you bought the Playgirl housewives at home, like, like, like fully, fully nude. No, 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 no. I would, he always had. He had like my dad had like a subscription to Playboy, so he had so many Playboy magazines growing up, and he had them all hidden in this one area of his house. And I would always go in there, like, whenever he would go to sleep, because I was a little horny little Scorpio (laughs) at a very young age. I started, like, looking at porn at a very young age. (laughs) I did, because of my dad. Thanks, Dad. Oh, not because of my dad. (laughs) Just because I was like, But I remember looking at Playboy magazine and thinking, oh, my God, like, these women are so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my God. And I wanted to be in it, too. I did. And I was, like, well, well, thinking, like, well, maybe not naked, but, like, somehow could I be in it? (laughs) No, naked. <laughs> um, but that's amazing. I mean, I love that you that you that you can be so free and so liberated in that way, and like have even able to release that because I yeah. think that's the, I think that's 
I mean, I once you once you do like it's you can live your life in complete freedom. I think I'm definitely not there all the way at all, mm-hmm. but I, I that's like my goal. Like I want to be there and like consciously do that because what's stopping you? Um, myself. <laughs> you know, different things. I think like over. I'm an overthinker. Um, I think I'm still like easily distracted by men. Mm. Um, I think. I don't know. I think those two things are probably like the biggest things in my life that I'm like trying to consciously work towards and trying to check myself. That's why I told Jamila, I was like, don't let me talk about this relationship anymore because I need to talk. I need to talk to myself about it and like figure out if I'm, if I want to continue it or mm-hmm. if I'm like okay with where it's at or you know what I mean? And talking about it out loud to friends constantly isn't healing. It's just, what was that quote? I saw this quote. It was like, be conscious of how much you love to discuss like your misery mm-hmm. and what and what joy it brings you mm-hmm. to discuss it. Yeah, um, because so many people think that's what we do, especially women. We just talk about something that's making us unhappy constantly, right? Or question ourselves constantly. You know, it's sure. one thing to like seek guidance or just even that camaraderie with your girls when you like just vent, and it's another thing to notice that like oh, I keep talking about this person or this situation just so I still feel like it's a part of my life or so that I have that to hold on to instead of just letting it go. Mm-hmm. Because once you let it go, then all of a sudden you're like, that's the detachment that you're like afraid of usually. So sometimes talking about it makes it still like alive and kicking in your mind. So you still have that to think about and hold on to. I don't know. It's crazy. We're so complex that it's just like, Oh, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Sure is. It's, it's tough alone. So yes, another person in the mix. It's like fuck. Right. I gotta deal with me and you, and I don't even know how to deal with me all the way. So. <laughs> like, and that's why it's key to deal with yourself first. Yeah. Which never ends, honestly. Well, yeah, because you think you've dealt with yourself and then you get in a relationship, like you said, and you're encountered with things that you never had to deal with yet mm-hmm. about yourself. Right. You know? But then you hope that at least the work you've done before that... Right, that you've, been work, you've worked towards being able to deal with those things. Right, in a healthy way. And also that because you did that work, you attracted a partner who's willing to help you through it too. So mm-hmm. it's not you all by yourself all the time like that was the mentality i've had forever where it's like oh it's only me i do everything by myself. like even when i think of having a family when i think of like logistics and stuff i always think of it from a perspective of doing it by myself and then every time i talk about it with people they're like well you know hopefully you have the father around <laughs> to like help and i'm like oh yeah the other person um, but I think that just comes from so many years of, like, I'm an only child. I spend a lot of time alone. I'm very, I can be an introvert a lot. So it's just like, I've led my life on my own. Like mm-hmm. most of the projects and things I do on my own. So it's interesting to then think about like, oh, I might collab <laughs> with someone yeah. on like that. Cool. Okay. Yeah. We'll collab see. Life. Right. Mm-hmm. There's something happening. Are they hovering over us? Even when I was driving over here, there was a police helicopter just circling. Really? Maybe, yeah. Maybe there's, yeah. 
sometimes I hear those sometimes and I'm always like what if someone jumped over the fence I into know. my backyard and tried to bring it to my house I always get so paranoid oh no I feel like LA is the most helicopter looking place of all time like I, I, can't <laughs> and I swear to god I never am anyone's neighborhood and there's always helicopters only in LA is that a Los Angeles thing Maybe. They just send the copters out. Like, <laughs> the call cop- the copters. Where are you from? Call the copters. I grew up in the valley. Call the copters. I lived in Atlanta. I was in Philly. My family's from Philly. I don't remember this many cop. I mean, like helicopter chases. <laughs> It's like, I feel like growing up all the time in the valley, like, someone rob a bank, or someone get, I think that's a common thing. Yeah. No? It's the dramatics of L.A. It is. It's the dramatics. Like, it's get out the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> Call the copter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a copter, actually. It is a, a copter. Helicopter. Yeah. yeah. Helicopter. yeah. I thought it was copter because helicopter. It was, but, but now you just don't realize it's wow. two. That's two deep. Wow. All of the revelations we're having today. Oh wow. I'm glad that's we still I have think. to figure out what that Olympic sport is called. Like that's gonna bother me. I know. Oh, is that's it? the riddle. This is the riddle of, of this episode. What First person to let us know wins eternal gratitude <laughs> and good vibes. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, I am so glad that you came on today. Thank, Thank you, you so much for sharing your knowledge. Of I course. have some things to go think about. Seriously. <laughs> I have books um, for you guys, too, in the car. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, but where, where can our followers find you? How can we? Oh, yeah. Um, so, so many places. If you just want general information or information on coaching, go to my website, www.brunanessif.com. That's B-R-U-N-A-N-E-S-S-I-F, as in Frank. Or you can read about all of these stories I mentioned on theproblemwithdating.com and follow on Instagram at probwithdating or my Instagram at Bruna with five A's like my report card <laughs> or on Twitter at Bruna Nessif. I think I covered it all. Dang. So many things. Google Plus or... <laughs> and her social security number also right. is... <laughs> no, that's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you I had fun. All right, you guys. Well, we will catch you next week. Um, if you are not subscribed to our website, make sure you go on our website and subscribe. And if you guys have any horror stories, oh, we didn't do a horror story. Oh, we can. Oh, what time is it? How quick can you make it? I could do a quick. What time is it? 4 11. 11 04. Jesus Christ. Am I just left? Wow, we were here for a long 11-04. time. 11 yeah. 04. Okay. You ready? Horror. 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 Yeah. Um, okay, so basically I was in Miami and feeling myself. And I met this really hot guy while at a club. And I was like, I'm going to live my life. And so we had <laughs> sex on the beach. which You, did, you were like, I'm going to live my life. Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> this is supposed to be like a nice thing to do, right? This is sexy, having sex yeah, on the I, beach. Miami. It's very Miami. Right, right, right. So we're, like, having sex on the beach in Miami at night, and I was like, ooh, yes, whatever. Then, like, the reality of the matter set in, and it's, like, sand in my crotch, you know? <laughs> and I was just, like... <laughs> I quickly was like, ooh, I don't like the feelings I have in my vagina right now at all. So, Ouch, like the deck uh, and the sand and the It was a churro, churro situation for sure. So then I was just like. A churro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So we had our sexual experience. And then 
I, my vagina hurt so bad. I was like, and it's not like we were on a towel. Like, obviously we were, you know, but it was like maybe the breeze or some, or the, I don't know. But I was like, my vagina feels like it's broken right now. And like, or like a ball of sand is just going to like plop out. So I went in the hot tub to try and fix. So I was, I was like, oh yeah, so let's just, let's go in the hot tub. But really it was like just to try and rejuvenate my vagina. <laughs> and so I was sitting there in the hot water like, yes, like this is nice. This is good. He didn't get in because he like, I don't know. He didn't want to. So he just sat there with me. <laughs> I was like, that's fine. You don't need to be in here. <laughs> so um, I remember too, to make the story even more dramatic, he was getting a lot of phone calls and I was like, okay, that's kind of strange, but whatever. He asks to be my friend on Facebook the next day, which I was like, okay. I thought this was just like, you know, one of those travel experiences. Yeah. You put that in your blog. So, you know, you travel, you have sex with a stranger. Cool. Yep. So I was like, all right, look at his Facebook. He has a girlfriend. And I was like, of course you do. Oh, so of course you do. Why even like, request me on Facebook? Right. Let it go. Dude. Right. Let it go. Let it go. Let that shit go. Available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. <laughs> but yeah, that's my horror story. Horror. Horror Hori. story. Hori. It's a horror. So oh. is your vagina okay? Yes, it's it's very good no, now. After that, oh, it, that. Did it, it did. It helped. It definitely helped. Okay. I thought, was, I, thought, I thought we were heading towards a hospital or something. I was like, oh, oh no, 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 no. Like, that would have sucked. Got, she chased it. Oh, no. She cut it inside. All the sands cut her me. vagina linings. Oh, my gosh. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, my oh. vagina is very healthy and happy now and ready for visitors. <laughs> okay. Vagina's up for visitors. Um, okay. Well, anyway, guys, we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Checking kick base so kill Checking them on fast Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.